I think the DNA is you hire great people and let them make the decisions. Of course, I'm asking questions and being involved, uh, but it really is letting people execute. Let them do it. Uh, let them make the decisions. Uh, and some decisions will be great. And guess what? Some decisions will be wrong. And that's okay because we're learning quickly. Welcome to the Vitalize Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, the Director of Marketing at Vitalize Venture Capital. On today's episode, we have Jawan Jasing, CEO of Zingtree, a Vitalize portfolio company that recently raised $15 million for their Series A. Zingtree is a no-code decision tree platform that helps users simplify complex scenarios, guiding them through an interactive series of decisions that lead to the next best action. On today's episode, we cover a wide variety of topics, what they're doing today, going through the process of deciding which customers they're going to serve, remote work, and the future of that for Zingtree, how Juwan's thinking through that, and much, much more. Let's dive in. Juwan, welcome to the show. Justin, thanks for having me. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about with Zingtree, and you guys like recently announced your Series A. Congrats on that. But for people who don't know what Zingtree is doing, what are you guys doing today? So Zingtree is a no-code interactive decision tree engine that helps uh, call center agents to identify customer issues and resolve it as quickly as possible through a guided uh, agent scripting software. So people listening and watching are going to think about you know chatbots and these different things around there. How did this get started in the first place? And I'm curious from there, we'll, we'll take the story back to today, but how does Zingtree get started? So uh, by accident, uh, our founders, so I didn't found the company, I came in as CEO, our founders, you know, great people, high in- integrity people, they were running a B2C company that, were, that was getting a ton of tickets, support tickets, uh, and they hard-coded a decision tree, if this, then that kind of journey to resolve the customer issue uh, and um, to help the customer troubleshoot their issue uh, and reduce their tickets by 40%. So that's when they had the aha moment and said, hey, we're a small couple million dollar, you know, B2C business. If it helps us, it can probably help a bunch of other SMB businesses. Uh, So they built the software as a side hustle uh, and launched it online. Um, And um, while they kept their day jobs uh, and the business just took off organically. Uh, The key thing about Zingtree I mentioned in that first sentence is no code. So when they built the software because they were doing their day jobs, they built it very much in a self-serve manner. So customers had to come find Zingtree on their own and they had to onboard themselves on their own and support themselves on their own. Uh, And that uh, gave us tremendous inbound PLG DNA from day one and helped us grow organically. So you joined in 2020, January 2020, at least from LinkedIn, everything from there. So when when you came in, like at what point was the business at you know, what were you doing in terms of the product and everything? I'm curious and just kind of laying the landscape of that. Yeah. So I actually started as a consultant in 2019, uh, late summer 2019. Uh, I wanted to make sure uh, this is what I wanted to do. As you know, you talk to a lot of founders and CEOs. It's a big commitment. So before you jump into it, you really, you know, have to feel it in your gut that, hey, I really want to do this. And I needed to have that feel in my blood. Uh, so <laughs> one, uh, you know, just the business, but more importantly, the people. Uh, it was a very small team of three. Um, can I really get along with these people? And more importantly, can they get along with me? Uh, so, you know, so I want to really understand that. Uh, so I spent some time doing that. I, and um, what really got me excited was going back to 
the comment I made earlier about uh, how people came and found Zingtree on their own. The problem was real in the market. Uh, it was phenomenal that they had about 600 customers in 50 plus countries that came and found Zingtree on their own, signed up for a free trial. Uh, they had a pain point. They signed up for a free trial, made a small purchase, and they continue to grow with Zingtree over the years. So that was exciting for me to see. Uh, and out of those 600 or so customers, 200, 250 of them are enterprise household name logos, Hilton, Kaiser, Peloton, uh, SpaceX. Uh, and I was, I was amazed. I don't know how hard it is to get those logos. And these people are just coming and falling on our laps. Uh, so that was exciting to see. The second exciting part for me of Zingtree was initially I thought it was a contact center, call center product. Uh, but when I started talking to customers, they were using Zingtree organically throughout their organization, SpaceX and the engineering team. Getty Image and their finance team. Yes, there was always a customer experience, you know, uh, wrapper around it. Uh, but it was interesting how it was organically growing throughout the organization. So I realized that not only is a contacts in a product, and even though that's a focus now, it truly is a horizontal platform. And that was a much bigger market uh, for us. Um, and third was um, I felt um, it really was an enterprise solution. It wasn't packaged price enterprise solution manner. It was very much an SMB kind of uh, positioning, uh, but I really felt it was an uh, enterprise uh, solution. Uh, and that was a hypothesis I had to go prove out in 2020. Uh, and then uh, the most important thing is the people. For me, it always starts with people. We're a people first culture. So can I trust these people I'm uh, getting in business with uh, and can they trust me? And uh, once I we went through that um, you know, assessment, uh, it was easy for me to get behind Zingtree. So you said you joined and it was only like three people at the time. Yeah. Obviously, I mentioned the $15 million Series A. That's not three people. <laughs> Take me through, like, did you always know? Because you came in, you're like, okay, you saw those things you just mentioned around this can be enterprise and everything. And then you knew you were going to take it to a much bigger position than being a you know profitable side hustle. Like, okay, we're going to go to the moon with this. Take me through that vision at that time. Like, yeah. what was that? What did you see the potential for in terms of Century? Yeah, yeah. You know, as I was, you know, it was hard, right? When you, when you start a company from scratch, you sometimes have a clear vision. Uh, but when you come join a company, uh, you have to give it some time, in my view, right? You have to give it some time to understand what that vision is. For one, from the founders, you have to respect them. You know, I've been a founder myself, so you got to respect those founders. You know, they started it out of, you know, necessity and they have a lot of say in this. Uh, so you understand that. Uh, you talk to your customers. The voice of the customer is super important. So you spend time with them to understand where they want you to take this. Uh, and then from there, you make an assessment what the vision is. So I, I didn't come in with the vision right off the bat. I just knew there was a ton of potential here. Uh, and I wanted to prove out some hypothesis. Uh, I wanted to make sure that we can get, you know, we, our ASP was 2 to 3K. So can we get 10K, 25K, 50K, 100K deals in 2020 at the top of the funnel from putting an enterprise layer on top of the PLG motion? And we did that. Uh, so that was what I wanted to prove. As we did that, I started, you know, coming together with the vision. And the vision for me was as we started talking to customers to prospect is uh, human decision making is here to stay and super important. And human decision making needs tech assist. And Zingtree is in that space to help these humans uh, that work at these enterprises make good decisions every day. Uh, in the world that we live in, there's a ton of information out there, information overload. And you have data in all these different systems, right? For our customers, they have data in Salesforce and ServiceNow and their contacts and their platforms. They have it in their ERP systems, homegrown systems. 
how do you take all this data from all these repositories and make it actionable for that human that's trying to solve a critical problem or high complex problem, a high stake problem where they have to deliver so their customers don't get pissed off, right? And at that time, Zingtree comes in to help that person guide them through and interact, you know, got, you know, through the next best action to resolve those issues. Uh, and so that was the vision. Human decision making uh, is critical, right? And we're here to help humans make better decisions every day. Can we unpack that a little bit just in terms of what that looks like, you know, a, a use case for instance, or something around like what that actually tangibly looks like? I'm curious. I know people who are going to be curious about this. You have a few case studies in your website as well, but walk us through a little bit of that, like what that actually looks like when someone's using that. Yeah. So let's use, you know, you as an example, you I see you've got these nice ear pods uh, and let's say your, your ear pods don't work. So you just in a calling customer support and you're frustrated. You try to go through their website and you try to resolve it on your own and it didn't work. Uh, and now you're like, you know, man, I got to make a call. So you're already, you know, pissed off. So you make that call and the agent, when they come in before Zinktree, they would have to restart that process a lot of times, right? They'll be like, Hey, you know, what's your name? Justin. Okay, great. What is your problem? Uh, and then you say, Hey, my ear parts are not working. Then they have to go and look into the Salesforce knowledge base. They go to a knowledge based article, read five pages. They put you on hold and then they come back to you and say, give you a, a generic answer. Right, based on the five-page knowledge-based article they read, you're frustrated. One, because you had to be on hold. Two, you're you are living in a world where you want customized solution to Justin. Justin is special, but you're not being treated that way. You're just being read out of a five-page knowledge-based article. It's like, hey, do this, 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 I and and then say, hopefully that's helpful. I and then me as an agent, I'm nervous because listen, guess what? I'm making ten to fifteen bucks an hour, right? And this is like my livelihood. You know, I want to make, you know, I do genuinely want to make you happy, but I'm new on the job. I don't have all the, you know, information and knowledge available in my fingertips. Uh, so I'm not confident and I'm mumbling and, you know, I'm not being on my A game. Uh, so this is, you know, the challenges our customers face when they find Zinktree. Because now, fast forward, once they implement Zinktree, which they can on their own because it's no code solution. So they don't have to get IT involved. The business users can build trees and publish it live. So when they do that, the same you know, example, the call comes in. I'm picking up the phone say, saying, hey, Justin, I see you try to resolve this issue on your own. Uh, and it looks like you bought this your, your pod last week. And it was working for you. But now the left your pod is not working, but the right is. <laughs> right? And guess what? I got your attention. You're like, wow, this agent's on his game because he has he knows who I am. He knows why I'm calling because I've seen that interaction on your, you know, uh, you trying to self-solve on your own. And it opens up opens up a ticket in whatever system the customer uses, that data comes into Zinktree. Right? It's a two-way data sync. And now I'm walking you through, you know, let's figure out how, why the left is not working. Take the right out, sync up the left, and I'm walking you through this and resolve your issue. You're fired up because of, wow, like I got customized service. I got quick service. The agent, I'm like confident. Like, yeah, I've only been on this job for like four hours, but all I have to do is read, write, click through the decision tree. So I'm like doing my job really well. I'm happy. I'm confident as an agent. Uh, and it's a win-win for all. And the biggest winner is the um, the company that makes the Yardbots because now they're coming out as out of this as, you know, a great CSAT score. You're happy with them as a, you know, uh, uh, pro, you know, the product that they sold, you're looking to buy other products from them uh, and you're not returning your, your pods. Right? So that is, you know, in a detail, 
um, way of giving you an example of how a customer uh, that has a problem and then they find Zinktree and resolve it. I appreciate you sharing that. And I want that context for people to understand like how it works and everything around that. And I'm also curious from taking a step back with, with Zinktree, you mentioned a little bit before in the customers and how that's evolved a bit in terms of how do you decide it. But I want to know more about like how you actually figured out that kind of ideal customer profile as you, you had those 600 customers, you knew you had some enterprise, a few hundred of those, you know, going forward, you wanted to go more enterprise and kind of change the product around a little bit to go for that. But how did you narrow down that? Like which ones you were going to go after, which types of customers, you know, which types of companies? I'm curious of that because I'm always thinking of other entrepreneurs and like they try to boil the ocean. You can't do that if you're going to succeed. But how did you kind of narrow that down for Zigtree? Uh, it's hard and we're still working through it, right? So it's never easy, it's, you know, it, it, but I think you look for signals, right? One easy signal is where you're getting a lot of your revenue from. Uh, are there some commonalities there? Um, and um, as we've been going more up market, uh, we recognize that, uh, you know, we've had some organic, you know, inbounds coming mostly from the contact center space from enterprise companies. You know, Poly just became a customer of ours, Shark Ninja. Groupon, right? So these are, you know, which by the way, you know, uh, uh, Gail used to work at Groupon and gave me some, you know, good guidance there. So I appreciate that from you guys. Uh, and uh, so it was, it, it was, um, I, you know, you look for those signals. I uh, and then, uh, you know, I, it, it's not perfect. It, it's not, you know, I, it's straightforward. Uh, but you have to make a decision, right? In the seat that we're in, as a, you know, early stage startup, you have to make a decision and say, you know what, we're going after contact center. That's our go to market. The revenues are back in it. We've seen some signals of us winning some big deals uh, that are 50K, 100K, 200K deals plus deals that are, you know, coming from the contact center space. Um, and, um, you know, let's double down on that. So uh, that's the decision we made uh, and it's serving us well. And, you know, we've gone from, you know, a couple thousand dollars in customer contracts to, you know, uh, large six-figure deals. So it's been an exciting ride. There's a question I, ha I have to ask, and it may be obvious to some, maybe less to others, but with inherently you being a decision-making company of sorts, how do you apply that to your own decision-making within the company? You personally, like, I can't not ask that, Juwan. So yeah. I have to ask, like, how do you do that? Yeah. Uh, you know, we talk about, about that <laughs> a lot. Uh, in fact, when you go on our website, there's a you know support button that is all done through a decision tree. So we definitely try <laughs> to use our own product. Um, I, and it's important. You have to, but you also have to be careful. Uh, sometimes you try to overdo it where you try to use your own product when it's not really built to like, you know, uh, do X, Y, Z. So you have to be careful. You have to find that fine line. Uh, you have to give in and say, Hey, we're not ready, really set up this way and let's not go down that path. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we definitely use our product to help our customers reach out to us, uh, through support. Uh, if you go on zinktree.com, you'll see a button that pops up. Uh, in fact, some of our customers use that and they come back to us and say, hey, why, how can I get that on my website? Uh, so it's generated some leads for us. Um, so absolutely, you're right. We definitely use uh, that from servicing our customers. In terms of making decisions internally, um, yes, it helps us, but we still haven't fully taken advantage of it, right? So, you know, we're still a small team. <laughs> I think where decision-making really becomes uh, much more complex is uh, at scale. Uh, so, if, you know, right now we have a, you know, a small team, we can all talk to each other. But if you have, imagine going from, you know, having 1,000 employees, you know, 3,000 employees, how do you make decisions now? Uh, I think it becomes more challenging uh, and we're not there yet. So hopefully we'll get there and uh, we can put our product to more use. 
Yeah. And this is one of those things talking to a number of founders at different stages, you know, you have the kind of guiding light North star of what you're trying to accomplish. And then, you know, decisions kind of fall into that some, some capacity. If you're always thinking of that end yeah. goal and where you're trying to get to, of course. Uh, but I, yeah, I had to think about you guys have the knowledge around decision-making and everything. So here, I mean, it has to be a DNA of the company. I imagine. I, I think the DNA is you hire great people and let them make the decisions. Uh, and, yeah. and, um, you know, in my job, it's, um, of course, I'm asking questions and being involved, uh, but it really is letting people uh, execute, let them do it, uh, let them make the decisions. Uh, and some de decisions will be great. And guess what? Some decisions will be wrong. And that's okay, because we're learning quickly. Yeah. Uh, so we encourage that. Uh, but really allowing people to make the decisions and run this company is important. Yeah. And, and that vitalizes, you know, we're investing in the future of work. So I was going to ask around those questions too. With having just raised that new round of funding, a lot of times that's either you're hiring a ton more people with product, obviously that, that type of thing as well, and like sales and everything else. But I'm curious as for you then, how are you looking at the future of work in terms of your team, like where you hire and that sort of thing? I'd be curious about that from Zingtree too. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, the world has changed. <laughs> you know, we all know that. Uh, I'm a big office guy. I'm a big culture guy at startup. I, I'm a big uh, office guy where everyone needs to be in the office. We're a small team. We're, we're mighty and we're going to make this happen. And I've done a 180 <laughs> since COVID. <laughs> like, I've gone the other extreme now where we're not getting an office because things are working remote. I've seen it work. Right. And sometimes, you know, so you do need to have an open mind and everything. And I didn't. Uh, but, you know, by accident, we were all stuck at home and I saw how it can work uh, successfully uh, and has worked well for us. So we've gone the other extreme where we say we're going to be completely remote. We're never going to get an office because what happens now is if we do get an office and the few people or some of the people that go to the office, uh, they start building a certain type of culture and the people who are remote uh, get left behind or don't get, you know, don't get to be involved in that culture. So we went the other direction yeah. and saying we're not going to have an office. We're going to be a remote first company. But guess what? Uh, that's where the world is going. I, I think it is. Uh, a lot of these call center agents that we service, uh, they're no longer working in the office where they can lean over and say, hey, you know, what do I say now? <laughs> yeah. right? That's a real thing. It happens. It happens in the call center. Right. It's, you know, they're like, you know, uh, when they get a call, they lean to their colleague and say, OK, let me put you on hold. Hey, what do I say? This person is asking this question or they call their manager and say, hey, what do I say? They can't do that anymore. They need to be you know, in front of their computer at home and address that customer issue and they don't have you know real life live help uh human help uh, and so it becomes even more critical for them to you know use zingtree uh so yeah so uh we definitely see that shift happening and that is you know serves zingtree well where people are more remote uh the people that use our product are more remote i uh, and the people that come looking for our product are more remote so it's even more important for them to uh, you know, find a solution like Zingtree to help them, um, you know, be on, on top of uh, servicing their customers. And, and lastly, with that too, just as we kind of wrap things up here with future of working, that's remote. A lot of people have been forced into that, obviously with going remote or hybrid people have different opinions. I think many people have switched, like you mentioned a, as well. But even as you look at that too, in terms of that, how do you, how are you thinking about, you know, building culture, who you're hiring for culture at, like, how are you thinking about that sort of thing as we move forward in this like new world of work? At Zingtree, I'm just curious on that too. Uh, that's hard because it's new, right? Uh, building, you know, yeah. there's a certain way people are used to building culture being in the office. Now you have to do it off, you know, on, uh, in a remote manner. So what I think is really important in that uh, uh, setup is to really, um, in the startups need to invest in that in, in culture from day one. So at Zingtree, 
you know, we're a small team, but we have two people in HR already, right? Normally yeah. people are hiring, you know, uh, HR folks when you're much later stage. Uh, and when we were a small team, we already had two people in HR because we recognized that it is important to build culture. It's, you know, it is harder pro probably to build culture when you're remote. You have to invest in it early on. Uh, you have to be conscious about it. So we put time, resources, money behind it. Um, I'm not saying we're perfect, uh, but we are trying really hard because it is important. Uh, you know, uh, people first culture. Uh, at the end of the day, technology, customers, all of that stuff is great. But the, pe the, 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 the thing that makes that all happen is the people, right? So you got to invest in those people. You got to give them the ability to go execute. You got to take care of them. And, uh, and startups need to invest real time, energy, people, and money and resources behind it. Jawan, I want to thank you for the time today. I really appreciate it. Where's the best place for people to learn more about Zingtree and also get in contact with you if they'd like to? Yeah, so they can always uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn, on my email at uh, juan, J-U-A-N, at zingtree.com. Uh, and of course, our website, uh, www.zingtree, Z-I-N-G-T-R-E-E.com. So um, always happy to connect and uh, chat with people. Uh, so de definitely uh, would uh, look forward to it. Perfect. Juan, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Justin, enjoyed it. Uh, you're the man. Thanks for, thanks for having me. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about us, head on over to Vitalize.vc. You can also follow us on Twitter at VitalizeVC, or you can follow me on Twitter at JustinGordon212. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.